Have a nice holiday. Thank you. Come back tanned. I will. You'll be sitting there on... I can see it now. Brighton Beach with a can of duo tan. <laughs> Orange hands and everything else. God. I'm very jealous. He's going to have a nice holiday. Actually, the funny thing is... Uh, I, I, he hasn't mentioned where he's going. I don't think he's mentioned where he's going. And I'm not going to mention where he's going either. But it sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. I wish I was going somewhere nice this year. But can't afford it, you know, it's like... Times are hard. Times are hard. Didn't win 45 million. <laughs> Don't really care. Doesn't bother me in the slightest, actually. You live to fight another day. And that's, that's what I quite like. I like the idea that we live to fight another day. And you go, all right, so I didn't win 45 million. Damn. Uh, but I, I might win 13 million this week, or 11 million tomorrow, or whenever. It didn't make any difference. Time I've had the swine flu jab, I'm probably up on the ceiling anyway, so I couldn't really care less. Uh, swine flu jab tomorrow. Yeah! Oh, woo! Apparently it makes your arms sore, but then, I tell you, if you've had as, as many needles as I have, it doesn't really make that much difference now. They go, the, the, you might get a bit of soreness, and I go, yeah, probably, whatever. <laughs> I want to see the, want to see the bruises. Yeah, but my, they said, you, you, you might feel a bit bitter and twisted. I said, oh, that'll just add to it, won't it? How lovely. Anyway, what is this nasty rumour, says Johnny, that Simon Cowell is having the biggest laugh of his career with the so-called public outrage over the dynamic duo? It's obvious we can see the future of John and Edward we are going to be the entertainment superstars of this country. It's possible we're talking cheeky girls' legendary status. Makes you proud to be British. Oh, I think it's hilarious. I mean, I can, cannot believe, but now it's gone to Ofcom. And they've had, I think, about a thousand complaints. But this will be exactly the same as the John Sargent. Starts with, say, a few hundred. and No, it's not a thousand, actually. It's, it's, it's less than that. But I guarantee you by tomorrow, 2,000 people will complain because people just like sending a text now. I'm, I'm outraged. I'm complaining about it. There'll be websites devoted to complaining. But I, I, I can only warn you now, he's done nothing wrong. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. The rules of the competition are, if he wants, he can put it to a public vote. They've done it loads of times. The fact that he knew they were going to win is neither here nor there. It's his programme. He can do on it what he likes. It's like this programme. I can do on it what I like. Because it says, The Steve Allen Show. It doesn't say, Bewildered of Chertsey, or something like that on it. It says, The Steve Allen Show. You know, that's why it always works. Works very well. In fact, especially after the last set of figures. And, I have to tell you as well, more people than ever are logging on to the website. More people. Do, do you know what, the, what has had the biggest hits on the LBC website? What has had the most hits... Go on, you're never guessing a million. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Nope. It's the photos of the LBC presenters taken years ago, the ones that Dawn supplied. They have had the biggest hit, mainly because you couldn't believe how much I've aged over the years. But that, that's why. And there's been hundreds and thousands of hits on it. The most hits on that in any one period of time. Even, even knocking anything out of the water that have been done before. And it looks like November is going to be even bigger. More hits, because you wait till the presenter pictures go up. Oh, you'll be logging on there, won't you? Let's have a look at what Steve... Because I love it when somebody looks at the Steve Allen page, because they know it. The moment you log onto the page, that clicks up, so they know. And I get loads of hits, so that's mainly because you can't believe that somebody that ugly can be uh, this happy at this time of the morning. And I say that, because then you log on, and now you're writing, no, you're not ugly, Steve. You know, which is good. Somebody will write in and go, you fat so-and-so, and I think, yeah, but at least you've contributed to my figures, so thank you very much indeed. And I love you, and I'm going to come around and give you wet, sloppy kisses. <laughs> Anyway, um, bad news for Steve Hargrave. Can't be with us tomorrow, I'm afraid, because he's been sent at short notice to Roma. He's going to go and interview uh, the Pope, I believe. The singing Pope and a choir. That's what he told me anyway, so we'll wait and find out. Might as well interview John and Edward. I mean, to be honest with you, I just think it's so funny. I think it's absolutely hilarious that Simon Cowell is sitting there going, do you know, you need to do less and less on this programme to get more and more publicity. 
And is it true that Jordan is going into the jungle? If it is, can something, you know, just eat her over there? She's been, but apparently they're saying for 450000 what a waste of money. I don't believe they're paying that. I really don't. She is so desperate she'll claw at anything. She apparently was out with uh, that little gay uh, makeup artist, Gary Cockrell, the other day, and he was doing her makeup and hair. Because somebody sent me a very nice email of her appearing on Irish television. My God, she looks rough. Dear God. Slaps it on like an old drag queen. But then, of course, Gary Cockrell would know all about old drag queens, wouldn't he? Seeing as he's married to one. And, um, and so they're doing that. And then they're saying 450,000. Now, I've got friends who work on it, and they're saying not true. Not true. Uh, the reason, if she is going out there, would be to r- try and uh, ingratiate herself with the British public, who've fallen out with her, because most of you cannot bear the old bag. You cannot. You seem to like Pete, but nobody likes Jordan, and she thinks she's going to change the public perception. Unfortunately, you cannot change the public perception of somebody who is loathed. It doesn't matter what she does, because everybody knows that anything she, she, she does is done for an effect. It's actually done to either, you know, sort of get the public on her side or flog some naff toilet cleaner masquerading as perfume or, you know, a book that she never wrote or jewellery she never designed or riding outfits she never designed. The whole thing is just, it's just her. You know, it's Jordan, 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 Jordan. And people go, oh, she's, she's not as great. She appeals to 12-year-olds or people, you know, who aren't all there in the upstairs department. You know, they can't help it. They go, oh, don't. They're like, a bit like that. Window dribble, as we call them. Uh, Maggie says, I love waking up to your show. She says, um, you're going to hate me, but I think those dreadful twins on X Factor are baby Steve's coming up. Yes. Actually, they don't look unsimilar to how I used to look. If you log on to the LBC webpage, lbc.co.uk, have a look at the early LBC pictures. There's so many pictures on there now. In fact, Adrian just, I mean, he's out there with his little camera, click, 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 click. He's like little David Bailey. You know, you go to the toilet, click, 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 click. There he is again, you know, as you wander through the door. She says, they, they strike me as being very naughty, says Maggie, which is uh, what I think about you most mornings. I know. I quite like being naughty, actually. I think naughty is good, especially coming up to Christmas. Especially coming up to... I think you could be as naughty as you like coming up to Christmas. I did laugh the other... There's, there's a, oh, move the, move the papers. I know that Anthony has been through the papers, but uh, it's all the winners. One is a syndicate... I think of about eight people who've won 45 million, so that's good Christmas for them. I think they get about, so yeah, about, so it must be, no, seven people. So I think they get about six million each. It's not bad, is it? You live very nicely on six million. And the other is, as I predicted, the couple from Wales, and they get 45 million. And you'll be seeing them today on the television. You'll be seeing them at lunchtime, because they're going to be unveiled. The advice from the papers yesterday was uh, get out the country as quick as possible. Don't go public on it. And the reason is you're richer than the Beckhams. Not only richer than the... And I tell you why, because you'll be thinking, wait a minute, but the Beckhams are worth a hundred and something million. Yeah, not a bit of it. Not cash, they're not. Not cash. In brand loyalty, yes, might be. But this person has got £45 million cash. And that's something that Jamie Oliver, Jordan... None of these people have got that much cash. I'd be surprised if Jamie Oliver has got, could get his hands on a million quid. I'd be very surprised. You know, he'd have enough money, but it's all tied up in businesses and investments, and the same for the Beckhams. Oh, dear. Did anybody see Robbie Williams on Loose Women? Oh, God, it was toe-curlingly embarrassing. The dipstick from Stoke-on-Trent boring the pants of an audience who were quite clearly salivated and glued to their seats as they kept screaming at every utterance from the dreary one, who uh, was just boring, boring. Never mind. Oh, we found another couple of... uh, couple of gay boys going into the jungle. So they say, 
Colin McAllister and Justin Ryan. The only relationship with two queens in it, which must be very odd. They've signed up. They're, uh, they're famed for their bitchiness. No, they're famed for being desperately unattractive, I think. Unattractive with naff makeovers. Justin and Colin, whose career has gone... Well, I mean, ever since they don't appear on television now, occasionally they, they do, but not... Not what? what? It's on the wrong screen. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Sorry. How is this possible? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's all ridiculous. So Justin and Colin could be going out there together with uh, Sam Fox, Jimmy White... Sabrina Washington, we had to explain to you yesterday, Sabrina Washington is a former mystique singer, and, um, and Camilla Dallarup, or something like that. Uh, they were also saying that maybe Kim Watsit from the, that, those cleaning women, you know, how clean is your house? Well, obviously not very clean, because we brought a film crew around. You know, that ca- oh, we've got to start again, have we, on this? Oh, blimey. And um, aren't you bored with Amy Winehouse's father, who's bringing out an album... He's recording an album. How dull is that? Nothing worse. The parents of Sprogs, who are moderately famous, so, I've done a little drugs today and I'd had my boobs done. And then the naff parents get on the bandwagon. Christ alive. I tell you, times they are hard, I'm afraid, in show business. We are that desperate at the moment, we'll put anybody in there. And so poor old Mitch is going to bring out an album which will sink and be made into fruit bowls throughout the length and breadth of the land, in the same way that the bloke who used to be on uh, one of those designing programmes, Handy Andy. You remember Handy Andy Kane? Because Handy Andy lived around the corner. Because when he was a tea leaf, because he used to thieve, and he got done for it, he then, stupidly, somebody goes, oh, you're really funny, Andy. Why don't you bring out a record? So he brings out a record, If I Had a Hammer. He dances slightly better than Robbie Williams, so you know how bad it is. And again, sunk without trace. Sunk with... What are these people doing? Does somebody go to them and say, listen, you, you can make a lot of money, and you can... So I'm just... That's right, wait a minute. Trying to remember my passwords, sir. Uh, you can make a lot of money, bring it out. No, 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 people will think you're stupid. Don't bother. And Handy... Actually, I'm surprised Handy Andy Kane hasn't popped up, you know, and started doing the, the rounds of some of these shows. That would be good, wouldn't it? Me, of course. I, I, I'd want to go in the jungle with Hugh Broom. I would want to go in the jungle. Because I reckon that Hugh Broom, with his, with his farming skills, could have the land cleared quite quickly. We could have rotation crops in. We could have chickens in the corner. Uh, we could have quite a nice little business going, selling food to the other non-entities in there. I mean, he, he, he'd have his little plough out. And he'd be ploughing furrows up and down and say, come on, Steve, plant this. And we'd have sunflowers. And we'd have rapeseed oil. And we'd have a lamb or something like that. It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> Strange fantasy world I live in, ladies and gentlemen. Thank God it lasts through till seven every morning. News headlines. These are the stories you're waking up to. Speaking at People's Question Time, Boris Johnson has put a recent rise in gun-related crime largely down to people pretending they've got a weapon. The bodies of six soldiers killed in Afghanistan last week are due to arrive home later. And TV watchdog Ofcom is investigating a reported 3,000 complaints following Sunday's X Factor results show. Check on the state of the roads for this morning. Here he is. It's Farmer Hugh. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have a clue what you're on about before. Yeah, it sounded most strange. I, I, I have a tent as well. Oh, God, don't go there. <laughs> right, A3 coming into town. There's an accident between Tolworth and Moore. Great Jungle Television, Steve Jordan and Peter Andre should go th- both go back there and stay there. It's a good idea, isn't it? I mean, you know, it'd be lovely, actually, because they went, oh, you know, it was the only time she was herself. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. She was just play-acting all the time. And she was so desperate for a boyfriend, she'd have gone with anything in the jungle. Just so happened he was about the only thing available. Uh, seven people, I was quite right, land the £45 million uh, lottery. So that's good, isn't it? Very good indeed. And I do like Harry Hill, because Harry Hill talked about Jordan briefly, and uh, she was on Gordon Ramsay's The F Word, making her signature dish, 
which was chicken Kiev. Uh, chicken Kiev with mash and sweet corn. So, so Harry Hill has said, uh, in case you missed the recipe and you want it, here it is. OK, first, preheat oven to 180 degrees centigrade. Second, take mini Kievs out of freezer, cook for 30 minutes. While waiting, put women's clothes and makeup on boyfriend Alex. Open packet of smash, add hot water. As it cools, write another autobiography. Uh, next, take sweet corn out of tin. As it microwaves, ring up the papers and slag off Pete. And serve. There you go. And that's the old bag Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, tip for Jedwood, steal Cheryl's hair, says Harry Hill. It's not her hair, is it? Where was it grown? I'd like to know where, where Cheryl got her hair from. <laughs> that's quite good. But I just think it's brilliant. Simon Cowell must be sitting there going, do you know, this gets easier and easier to garner publicity for this show. And you're all going, ooh, yeah, interesting. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We don't read out any emails from people who can't spell, I'm afraid. You know, the word embarrassed here, a little bit embarrassing. If you're a supposed adult and you can't spell... It is early, we realise that, but I'm afraid the thick ones we don't feature on the programme. We like to maintain a certain standard. You know, if you left school early and you weren't particularly bright and you've got no idea how to spell the names of groups, then, I, th- I mean, yeah, yeah, it's the... <laughs> it's a bit... It's so yesterday as well, so off you go. Back to Matron, get some tablets, have a little sleep, OK? Do you some good. As I say, if Matron wants to go anywhere near you. Uh, I'm a bit worried about Chipmunk... Who's gone? Because we have a vested interest in Chipmunk. Uh, Chip, uh, we, uh, Chipmunk uh, went to the top of the charts um, with, uh, with a song only a short uh, while ago called Oops Daisy. And, of course, it's registered through, through Global. We own Chipmunk, I think. or we, we certainly own the song, so I was quite pleased about that. But Chipmunk, not very happy at the moment. Sending sad things on, on Twitter, not feeling very happy about the world. You know, people get themselves into a situation where they don't know how to get out of it. And whether or not he means it, as Gordon Smart says today, he's, uh, he's burnt himself out. And he's saying, on, on one of them, he says, uh, I want to die. And then he wrote, is suicide easy? Luckily, he's got friends, so all the friends around him. I, I, I do worry sometimes about people in this business. I've never, ever thought suicide. I've never ever thought of depression. I've never ever thought, you know, even when you haven't had anything, even when you've not had a job, even when, you know, and you do get to that stage, as many of you will probably appreciate. You know, it comes up to Christmas and you think, oh, God, we're going to go broke again. The kids want this, they want that. And, of course, little kids don't understand money. To them, if something says £69.85, it doesn't mean anything to them. What does £69 mean? Nothing. It just means uh, that's the thing I want for Christmas. And woe betide the parent who doesn't get it. So parents go broke over Christmas and then pay for it the whole of next year. And, and what they do is they live hand to mouth. And so they end up... That's why people buy, buy from catalogues. You know, pound a week here, add another couple of quid on, fiver here, or whatever it happens to be. It's terribly sad, isn't it? Terribly, terribly sad. I see that uh, Charles Stein... You know Charles Stein... Rick Stein's son? Cokehead. Another one. And it just... He, he admitted his addiction the other day. The drug was found in his car... Uh, it's not going to go to court, surprisingly, but it's going to remain on his record because he takes cocaine. And there's another girl in the paper today who, I mean, I never thought I'd read it, but she goes to a nightclub with Sophie Anderton. You know Sophie Anderton of old, don't you? A little bit of a problem with Colombian marching powder and charging, as I say. We'll leave it there. But she goes to a club, she goes to the toilet, but she goes with one of the bouncers... He tries it on with her, and she then says to people, I only went there to do cocaine. People now openly talk about, I'm just going to do cocaine. 
It's funny, isn't it? Years ago, we'd go, do you know, I think I might have a lollipop or something like that. I've had an extra Hallib orange tablet. I might go and I might actually get some Coca-Cola in a bottle and I might shake the bottle. So when you take the top off, it goes everywhere like that. Now, I'm going to do cocaine. And you think, they must be balmy, these people. You've only got to look at what, what drugs do to people to realise it's kind of false economy. Look at the state that Sophie Adderton's in, a shivering wreck. Look at Kerry Katona, a complete and utter waste of space because cocaine. It ruins, although, to be honest with you, she must be the fattest cocaine user I've ever seen. Because mainly, cocaine is something you don't eat. She manages to stuff down food as well, and keep all the stuff that people on cocaine don't do. That's why models take cocaine. 90% of models, at some point in their career, will have had to have taken drugs to keep themselves thin. Because you walk into an agency and they go, you're too fat. And you go, only weigh six stone. Too fat, sorry. Can't find clothes to fit you. Off you go. And so they go, and they, they, they sometimes will do exercise, but not very rarely. Uh, and the next thing is, they, they start doing drugs. And then we've seen more cases in the paper of models over the years, or people who call themselves models, say, my, my cocaine addiction, my cocaine hell. You know, it's a bit sad, isn't it, really? Very, very sad. Uh, other stories of the papers today. They've got some, uh, some old um, bikey person here, I think, because he must have a bike around the corner, stealing a tree. And in fact... Uh, there's been a dozen trees stolen in three months. So they've taken a picture of him. I mean, quite clearly, he's one of those people who steals trees and then sells them on to other people. You could tell that. So they, they have got a picture of him, and he will be identified. And uh, he was caught on camera at the end of October in Milton Keynes in Buckinghamshire. And uh, the Thames Valley Police have said, um, you know, if you know who it is, don't, don't call Special Branch, just call uh, us here. OK. And then you can pass up, because he's easily identifiable. Stupid man, honestly. Do, do, do people not realise that, you know, you can take a picture in the dark now? Perhaps people don't, perhaps they don't think about it. I know you can, because Chris Christodoulou takes pictures at all of our, um, our shows, and it's pitch dark. There's no flashes, no nothing, it just takes perfect pictures. I do feel really annoyed about this story here, and I'm not sure how I can tell you about it without it sounding that I'm going to get pretty annoyed. This is uh, a migrant worker who sexually assaulted a 13-year-old. OK. This is uh, a 31-year-old. I can't even pronounce the name. But pounced on this youngster as she walked home across a footpath and groped her at 13, right? She then ran home in tears, alerted her father, and with the help of his daughter, they went to a shopping centre and found him, and he pinned him to the ground. Pinned him to the ground until the police arrived. The migrant init uh, initially denied the assault, but later admitted a charge of indecently touching a girl aged 13. He had to have an interpreter when he appeared in court. Another one of these stupid cases. They fined him just £20. £20 and ordered him to pay £80 compensation. The girl's dad was furious when next day he was given a £50 parking ticket for parking inappropriately at a supermarket. 50 quid for that, 20 quid if you want your daughter touched up nowadays. It, he said, I mean, he, he can't be named, obviously, to safeguard his daughter. He said, I thought at least he'd get a suspended sentence. It costs the court hundreds for an interpreter. Well, I tell you, I've seen evidence of this myself, where people just go, no, no English. And so they bring in an interpreter, and you know damn well they speak English. You know damn well they do. We had a case a short while ago around where I am, and uh, a man there who claimed not know English. And he's, he's a minicab driver, runs two businesses, speaks perfect English. But in an effort to wind the police up, they go, no, you have to bring in an interpreter. So this guy, 20 quid for groping this, this man's... Th I tell you, any other country would have had his hands chopped off. Over here, uh, just 20 pounds. Is that all right, 20 pounds? Yeah, that's fine, OK. 
just ludicrous, isn't it? Small wonder parents nowadays are taking the law into their own hands. I wouldn't recommend it. But, I mean, it's, it's just stupid. Talk about stupid. Jason Smith is our thicko this morning. Jason Smith is, uh, what can we call him? Let's just call him sick. He's been branded Britain's worst cyber stalkers. Jason Smith targeted a girl called Alexandra Scarlett. She didn't want to go out with him, quite clearly, because he's, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bit just not very nice, and that's putting it mildly. So, uh, 18 months, he targeted her on Facebook. He wrote filth, filth. 40 messages a week, vowed to slash her face, shoot her dad, rape her mum. What a pervert he turned out to be. All he's got is a, a 12-month suspended sentence. Jason Smith, the pervert, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? This is Manchester Crown Court. Don't come down here, pal. We've got more than enough down here, thank you very much indeed. We don't want any more. You're quite enough. And, uh, oh, the, I think they're now saying that the, the kids are going to definitely win X Factor. They're definitely going to win it, because they've already worked out that Simon Cowell has got an album in the making. There's a book. There'll be... And also um, a hair advert. Apparently one of the hair companies, I think... Well, I tell you, you wouldn't want to look as stupid as them, would you? You really wouldn't want to go there. You really, really, really... But, of course, really not wanting to go there. On the front of the Daily Mail today, she's back, Susan Boyle, with, of course, what she looked like before. They made her look a bit stupid on television. This is LBC 97... Morning, team. Nice to have you company. Come on, wakey, wakey, rise and shine. Tuesday morning in London town. It's, uh, it's dark. That's all I'll tell you outside. It's dark, and it's probably dark where you are as well. Uh, I've noticed that the front cover of the magazine, they've got uh, the newly revamped Susan Boyle, which is what I reckon she looked like before they went, I'll tell you what, let's make you look desperately unattractive, stick you on television, get the public vote, then you'll open your, your, your mouth and have a very average voice, which, of course, is what she's got. And so I've read this interview. Then, of course, you remember they had to get her off stage because she started going a bit, uh, a bit balmy bonkers and started wiggling her hips and doing all that kind of stuff. But uh, there's a good picture of her inside the... Uh, the paper today. But, uh, as I say, there's a Susan Boyle special. This is what I think she looks like all the time. I think the one you saw on the television was just the uh, the made-up kind of bit. That's what I think, actually. Chris says, with 45 million, the couple could buy most of Wales. How many tracksuits can it get? Quite a few, I should imagine. <laughs> quite a few. It's good, though, isn't it? I quite like it when people win money. I'm always very happy. Always very, very happy. Thank you, Dee, as well, for the, uh, the dreadful, dreadful pun on, on Miss Spelling. Uh, Gemma says, good luck with the swine flu. Had mine and was in bed the next day with achy muscles. Actually, as I say, I have injections all the time. It won't affect me. I guarantee I shall be here tomorrow morning. Guarantee I'll be here tomorrow morning. In fact, I'll have to be here tomorrow morning because I don't have the jab till after I finish. <laughs> so I shall have it. And, of course, there's other people who've read the internet and they're getting quite panicky over having it and all the rest of it. It only bothers you if you're in a high-risk category. And it's been successfully given to thousands and thousands of people. And as I'm in a high-risk category, then uh, I get it, so it's good. Pro- you know, it probably, probably doesn't work for everybody, but then, you know, sometimes the flu jab doesn't work for everybody either. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, We'll do the horse racing a little bit later on. Might have a bit of result on that one. And Sue says, bravo, you were right as usual, Steve. Change was amazing. Audience from five-year-olds to those of a certain age. I have no idea how Arturo Brochetti did most of it, but it was brilliant. Been listening for 30 years can't have been. I'm only 36. I don't know how this is possible. But uh, it is. I quite like the idea that uh, people have been listening for a long, long time. Change, of course, is a show with Arturo Brichetti, the quick change artist, which got fantastic reviews. Well, most of them fantastic, except Duncan Trillo. And I shall have words with him at the Magic Circle uh, thing. Uh, another one here. This is from Ivor. 
and uh, it's the story of a 54-year-old woman who had a heart attack and was taken to hospital. One on the operating table, she had a near-death experience. Seeing God, she asked, is my time up? God said no. You've got another 43 years, two months and eight days to live. Upon recovery, the woman decided to stay in hospital, have a facelift, liposuction, breast implants and a tummy tuck. She even had someone come in, change her hair colour and brighten her teeth. Since she had so much more time to live, she figured she might as well make the most of it. After the last operation, she was released from hospital. While crossing the street on her way home, she was killed by an ambulance. Arriving in front of God, she said, I thought you said I had another 43 years. Why didn't you pull me from the path of the ambulance? And God said, I would have done, but I didn't recognise you. Ah! That's for all those, uh, all those people who think about cosmetic surgery. I'd love cosmetic surgery. I just, I'm just not very good, actually, at having stuff like that done. The idea of carving your face up. More Christmas cards are flooded in. I'm getting a lot of Brussels sprout Christmas cards, so thank you to Len and uh, Sonia for that one. And another one here from Linda of, uh, of Crawley. So thank you very much indeed. I like Brussels sprout Christmas cards. I actually had Brussels sprouts last night, which, of course, for regular listeners, would come as no surprise to you at all. Saying, as you all know, I eat Brussels sprouts. To, you know, I could eat them for breakfast. I could absolutely eat Brussels sprouts for breakfast. <laughs> I love them. Love them. Other stories in the papers today. Women MPs claim they'll be put at risk of mugging and sexual assault because of the Westminster expenses clampdown. We can't get a train after 10.45, we'll get mugged. I don't think anybody was working after 10.45 at all. And apparently, thank you, uh, Christine Bleakley was out on the town. So, I know. <laughs> Brussels sprout. Yeah. She's on tablets, of course. And uh, Christine Bleakley was out in a nightclub. Aren't you a bit old for a nightclub, Christine? I don't want to be rude, dear, but, you know, I know you're only 29, but you look 50. But in a nightclub, they say here, Frank Lampard was trying hard to keep his date with Christine Bleakley a secret. God, don't tell me they're an item. I thought she was Adrian Charles's other half. Or was that just a smokescreen for Frank Lampard? I mean, whatever it is, if she's 29, I'm, I'm 12, ladies and gentlemen. She's the oldest 29 I've ever seen in my life. I mean, she looks so haggard, even on the television, even with all the makeup on. You know, she just looks old. He, he's 31, she's 29. Frank, you wait till you discover how old she really is. Oh, God in heaven. I tell you, she's tried desperately to launch the career, and it's, it's not worked, you know. It's not worked as well as it maybe could have done. Still stuck with Adrian Childs, otherwise known as that fat northern bloke. Oh, I tell you, I it's just so... You know, he's, he's got one of those bawling voices, you know, everybody talks like this, you know. Here we go, we've got uh, Warren Mitchell with us in the studio. So tell us, Warren, you know, how'd your career go so far? And you think, oh, for God's sake, lighten up. Lighten up! You're boring. Sue Carroll? She must be due surgery shortly, mustn't she? Do you not think so? I think she'd have it. I think she'd have it. I tell you what, the one thing that women, and, and men to a certain extent, but more women, I think, suffer with is, you can look great on the face... Because you can use makeup and you can use tricks and all the rest of it. And you can, it's the neck that gives it away. It's the neck. And you see a lot of people who start wearing scarves around their neck because that covers up the fact that it, that it, it, it looks a little, bit, a little bit odd. And so a lot of people will have facelifts, but they won't actually go... Because I think it's quite dangerous. But that's the bit that... And if you smoke, it's even worse. It's even worse. You look like the last turkey in the shop. Who's, who's, I saw somebody thieving from Marks and Spencer again the other day. At the back of Marks and Spencer's, there is, let's just call it a hostel for people. And, and I'm not sure if this bloke was there or if it's, I, I bet he goes in there every day and nicks. 
And he walked round the back of one of the things. Unfortunately, as he was walking towards me, he put the sandwich in the front of his pocket and then just walked straight out the back. And nobody does anything they go, it's a sandwich. Me, I want to chop his hands off. You know, find out exactly where he works. Name and shame, photograph, up on my website. So uh, I should be checking that a little bit later on today. Uh, another week of Jedward, which at least compensates for Diva Daniel. Petulant, pouting prima donna, barely covers it, says Sue Carroll. Well, it's a bit harsh. I thought he did very well. Everybody said he did very, very well on, on Saturday. I thought he was absolutely excellent. Absolutely excellent. I'm watching on the television at the moment. They've got people who steal from shops, and they're now saying it's middle-class people. And they're now saying they're, they're stealing. If I had a shop, I'd have everything behind glass. Wouldn't any of these thieving old bikey people come in and take your stuff? People who've got their bikes parked up against the door outside, you know, coming in there and stealing. I'll tell you, it would just drive me mad. Because some people seem to think it's quite normal. They just steal from other people. Those are the people you want to go around, break every window in the house. I mean, I'm looking at this thing here. Look, girls quite openly picking up stuff off the shelves and shoving it into their pockets. That's abs- well, it's blatant because nobody stops them. Me, look, this one here, there's another one coming. It's on Sky. Sky are running this at the moment of people who openly shoplift. It's, I mean, I just find it absolutely appalling. See, those are the people I want to go around to their house, kick in the front door, steal everything they've got and go, sorry, I thought you thought it was all right, mate. Mind you, it's a lot of women doing it. A lot of women who generally would be appearing on the Jeremy Kyle show, I should imagine. My God, there were some ugly ones on there yesterday. Munter City, it was. Ooh. There was a woman, a girl screaming obscenities at her mother, the mother screaming obscenities at the daughter. I mean, you've never anything like it. These, these families deserve each other. Absolutely. Very strange. The one thing I noticed yesterday, and by the way, Robbie Williams did not go to Mark Owen's wedding. Contrary to what some of the papers were saying, they completely screwed up on that. It's funny, isn't it? Because I kept thinking... But I thought him and Marco and were best friends. But you know that Robbie Williams' fortunes have declined. You know, hugely. Last year, his company recorded a turnover of less than 300,000. Which, from two years previously, when it was 32 million, because he got handed all that money, now it's about 300,000. Because, A, he hasn't done anything. B, the album's not shifting as many as it, it, as it should be. Because he's, he's not a worldwide artist. You know, you can't be. If you're a worldwide artist, you don't do loose women. It's as simple as that. And so... His, his fortunes have gone down. They said he was going to fly in by private plane. And I reckon somebody said, but have they invited you? No. All the boys arrive together. Robbie, nowhere to be seen. And then a loose women, the robster, comes up with, you know, another one of these tantalising bits of non-entity rubbish, which he's prone to spouting, which is, uh, I think I might be getting married. Well, either you are or you're not. You know, if you're that undecided, why don't you just keep your mouth shut? You know, because it was the day before you were going... To, to this, this girlfriend of his, who apparently they, they want to start a family. But also, he, he'd obviously rather tell the press than tell her. Because it seems a bit... Put, so are you, you going to get her pregnant? Well, we're, we're thinking about having a family. It's, it's, well, you know, she's sitting at home going, well, I wish somebody would ask me. It's, it's stupid, isn't it, that they, they, they think to tell the press. Anyway, as I said, poor old Robbie Williams. I mean, looking old about... I mean, grey now. Grey. Looking quite worried. He's going to do a Jack Jones, I think. Strictly Come Dancing has had its third romance... Hollyoaks actor Ricky Whittle and Natalie Lowe. Always makes me laugh, this. Ricky, let me just explain to you, Popsikins, because you're obviously not the brightest penny in the box. You'll have a relationship while you're dancing. The moment you're kicked off, she'll be dancing with somebody else next year and you won't figure in it. So, uh, best you go back to your girlfriend and stop being a silly boy. Because it makes you look stupid. Apart from the fact we didn't know who you were to start with. I had to be told who you were. So that's not very clever, is it? And also, you know, are you one of these stupid men who is in the company of a woman for five minutes and immediately falls in love and has a relationship? 
Because that's what they all seem to do, don't they? They all sort of, you know, we had the other one, Christiana, with uh, with Joe Calzaki. As I say, the meeting of the minds there. One can only hazard a guess at what the conversation would be like. So, uh, Ricky, just just, be, just try and be grown up, for goodness sake. You know, because otherwise it's really difficult. Uh, Dan says, I found the Walker's mince pies, and what can I say? Out of this world. Mince meat, really fruity. You can taste the booze and the taste of butter in the pastry. Whoa. He says two ninety nine for six at Garson's Farm Shop. We bought several boxes. Where's Garson's Farm Shop? Sounds quite nice. I have to go to Costco if I want to get these things. But they are particularly good. Everybody says here. I know Gail's got married again. Do you know she slept with everybody in the street, barring the cat at the beginning of the programme. Merely time, I suppose. <laughs> Poor old Gail. You know somebody builds a boat outside of Gail's house. Hang on. Oh, that's nice. No, it's not actually. It's that horrible coffee. It's got dreadful bitter taste to it. It doesn't doesn't taste. It's not. It's, uh, the temperature's too high and it burns the beans. Well, can't, can't we turn the temperature down then or something? Oh, the man's got to turn the temperature. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go and get a, a, a diploma in doing coffee machines. It's the only way forward. So, Dan, tell us where this Garson's Farm Shop is, so I can go and get me uh, go and get me uh, my mince pies there. Uh, eight four eight five. Actually, there was some. There's some guy in the paper. I had to laugh. He's uh, he's unemployed. No, I'm not laughing because he's unemployed. But he thought he'd won the lottery because he misread the text on his phone. What it said was, "You haven't won the lottery." And he's he's on benefits. And of course, you know that annoys me to start with. Somebody on benefits, I'm afraid, should not be spending their money on the lottery. It's not there for that. If you've got an addiction to gambling, go and get a job. Get off your fat bottom and go and do something. This benefit system in this country just drives me insane. People go, "Oh yeah, benefit." It's like there's a girl on the te- on the, the Jeremy Carl show yesterday. Got pregnant with this guy. Why, they've never heard of condoms. I've got no idea. They look a bit stupid, though, both of them. And uh, He's now with somebody else, so she's the single mother. She was foul-mouthed. She was ugly and foul-mouthed. As I say, it'd be sort of, you know, paper bag job. And so they sort of do this, and then she's on benefits. And I'm thinking, why? There must be loads of people who work who've got children. It seems to be the way forward, doesn't it? Some of these uglies who walk up and down the eye street with the fake Ugg boots and everything else. Why don't they just get a job? There must be something they can do. Must be work in some shop and thieve or do something like that. Uh, Steve, you were discussing people who won't let a lottery win change their lives. I have. I was so broke and I won a couple of hundred quid last week and it's changed my Christmas. Says down. Well, there you go. See, a couple of hundred quid. A couple of hundred quid had changed my Christmas. I'd give, I'd give more to charity and more to the people I work with. You know, because, I, because you know, it's always nice to, to help little people. And so, you know, if you can help people less fortunate than yourselves, and most people I meet are less fortunate than myself, I like to help them. I look on, I look on Hugh Broom as being less fortunate than myself. And so if I could help him out in any way, shape or form, stuffing the turkey at Christmas or anything like that, or making mince pies together, you know, do, you know I would do that. If I could make his, his Christmas a lot, lot happier down at Broom Farm, you know, I think it would, be, it would be nice. And also, I've said to him, listen, if you want to make some money, why not put in a grotto? Turn one of the barns into a grotto with, with a baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph and we can have a donkey and some sheep in there and people will pay and they'll be talking to the baby Jesus. And we could put some antlers on sheep, we could staple them on, they'd be quite all right, wouldn't it? And then just have them there and, uh, and then you could have Father Christmas and people could have a lucky dip for a pound or something. You know, get, I, I could be Father... Well, Hugh, Hugh's a bit more rotund than me. But, I mean, he, he, he could be Father Christmas without the extra padding. I, of course, would need a bit more padding. And he'd just have to grow a white beard before Christmas. His girlfriend could wrap little presents and things like that. I see it as money-making. He just sort of pours scorn on it, ladies and gentlemen. Pours scorn. 14 minutes to six. 
These are the headlines. The bodies of six soldiers killed in Afghanistan last week are due to arrive home later today. Boris Johnson says the recent rise in gun-related crime is largely down to people pretending they've got a weapon. And the broadcasting watchdog Ofcom has started investigating a reported 3,000 complaints that they've received over last weekend's X Factor. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. Here he is, your very own cuddly waddly. It's Hugh Broom. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we'll start with the A3. It's reopened northbound between Toll... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, sitting in for Anthony Overnight, it's James Max. And then Christo is doing a couple of nights, uh, an opportunity to talk to them. Alan says, the, uh, the podcast of you and Alan stealing a Christmas tree, getting caught when the engine blows up, is it still available? Now, that I don't know. I don't... I'm, I, I really couldn't tell you, actually. I really couldn't tell you. Uh, Lynn says the farm shop is called Battler's Green Farm Common Lane Radlett, not that far from Costco. Garson's farm is in Isha, says Lynn. Uh, and in conversation on Sunday, I think probably this week, uh, this week I think it's going to be Clarissa Dixon Wright. Clarissa Dixon Wright. Quite feisty, actually. Quite feisty. Uh, 84850. Did you know you can buy Brussels sprout Christmas crackers? Of course. We've already done them on the programme. And uh, Stephen says Brussels sprouts are my favourite vegetables. There you go. Um, another one here, um, which says, uh, can I hire Christmas trees? Yep. Yep. You can. You just go onto the internet and type in hiring Christmas trees. That's the trouble with Google now. It does everything. Absolutely everything for you. It's like, you know, somebody, somebody wrote in the stupidest email the other day. It was an email. It was a text or something like that. You'd mentioned the film Melody. Can you tell me anything more about it? I thought, well, why don't I just go to the internet? Don't be so lazy. Go and type in on Google, you know, Melody, or whatever it is. Uh, did you say Gail from Corrie has jumped ship? No, she just climbed onto a ship. That's what she's just done. And uh, she just got married. This is her fifth. As I say, she's working her way through Coronation Street. As I say, the only person she's not slept with at the moment is the cat, uh, who features at the beginning of the programme. But as I say, merely time. Uh, will she be happy? No, because he leaves very shortly, so... And, I mean, it's... Also, most of these people just mess with her mind. I quite like him, though, actually, because he was in the programme with John Thor and, uh... Home to Roost. He was very good. I've, I've got them as well. Actually, talking of Home to Roost, Home to Rest, finally buried at long last. Uh, Helen Smith. This is uh, 30 years after she died. 30 years she's been lying in a mortuary, as reported on this programme. And then, finally, her father, who's in his 80s, has said, OK... Because his, his, his wife, him and his wife, have split up. And she said, can we finally lay her to rest? She's been in a mortuary for 30 years. The longest time anybody has ever been in there, unless they actually worked there. But uh, to actually keep a body there for that amount of time. So um, she was cremated the other day. And her ashes scattered on Ilkley Moor. I've never been to Ilkley Moor, but it sounds absolutely wonderful. I love the sound of it. Um, here's uh, John Hartson. This is the man who has uh, cancer. He's battling at the moment. He was out for a, a fundraising. Uh, this is the man, and I, I, as I say, I've said it time and time and time and time again, that men don't get themselves checked out. This is tex testicular cancer he had that spread to his brain. I mean, you're looking at moving up the body at a rate of knots. So, you know, get checked. It doesn't cost anything. Doctors quite like people going in, because then it puts your mind at ease. And the earlier they actually catch things, the better it is. And the happier people become. Because, you know, nobody wants, you know, people to die. And with all the modern medicine that we've got nowadays, you can do all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. So, go get yourself checked out. Uh, still more on uh, I'm a Celebrity. Apparently they fly out this week. Uh, to be honest with you, I really couldn't give a 
Forex, because it's going to be a load of people you don't like. Uh, they've also done the phone call, uh, which Gordon Brown did the other day to Jackie Janes, who claims he got the key. He thought it was James, so he got it wrong. So obviously one of the papers said, listen, get, attach this little thing to the phone and we will print down. And so the, the, the Sun have done it this morning. Sorry, not the Sun, the Mirror have done it this morning with the entire phone conversation. So he made a mistake, for God's sake. He made a mistake. You know, James... Sorry, Janes to James. It's an easy mistake to make. But instead... You know, it's it, it's just pilloried for it. He can't win. He cannot win at all. I mean, at least she got a letter, which is something. Doesn't compensate, of course. And when somebody gets the name wrong, that's it. He, he got the son's first name right. He just didn't get the surname right, which is a shame. But her, her son wanted to join the army from the age of, of 10. And I think people who go into the forces know that there is that risk. There is the risk. Oh, no, sorry, it is the son who actually printed the uh, the, the conversation this morning. So obviously they must have had a recording device, mustn't they? And uh, and then just put it. Uh, more people on the uh, more, sorry, more more stories on the uh, the Scouse Seven landing the forty-five million pound lotto, which we're very uh, very happy about. I like Harry Hill because they seem to have dropped uh, poor old John Gaunt from the paper. Not before time, it has to be said. One of the weakest columns I think I'd ever read. There's a history being dropped, doesn't it? Which is rather uh, rather a shame. And um, Top Gear was wrapped the other day for showing a joke ad in which a man shot himself in the head. I didn't even know Top Gear was still going. Are they still with those geriatric presenters? They're not still there, surely. Good Lord. Unbelievable. Actually, I can't watch Top Gear. I just find it's just... It's a naff boys' toys kind of thing. And I just don't... Uh, it just doesn't do it for me. You know, if, if you want to know what cars are, you go to the internet and you type in the car. But they all stand round like sheep in this barn whilst the three ageing Lotharios sit there and, and sort of pontificate about... About cars. It's a bit naff, really, isn't it? Mind you, some people like that about sport, aren't they? People are, people are very funny on sport. They come in. In fact, one woman said, uh, she wrote into me ages ago and said, I didn't realise that we had other things on the on the channel. She said, I just thought it was sport. Because I would be sitting there, my husband would come in, click, immediately puts it onto sport. My, my advice is either kick him out or go and buy another television and go and watch it somewhere else. Nothing worse than people who hog the sports channels. Dreadful. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Try and weave in as many as possible. Paul on the X Factor uh, says, if the twins don't win, they can always be turned upside down and used as loo brushes. Yes, that is a possibility. After the sight of Ollie with his top off the other week, please, no more. Go back to your call centre. I think Jamie could win as people don't like Daniel, and at least Lloyd will end up with a modelling contract because the girls and gay lads fancy him. By the way, was I the only one who thought that Robbie looked like he was embalmed? Was that on Loose Women? He does look strange, doesn't he? He's obviously he's obviously got some sort of makeup on that makes him look a bit mm, scary, and he's just he's obviously not not comfy talking to people, which is which is a shame. Uh, Garson's farm shop is in Hersham near Walton on Thames, says Jeremy. Thank you very much indeed. Now we know. Now we know. Uh, another one here, um, Robert in Sidcup. Thank you very much indeed. I shall pass that on. I'm sure they'll be they'll be absolutely thrilled. Uh, Sunday's episode from the bitter north, according to Vince. Was it... This was Frida. Talk about mutton dressed as lamb. Somebody completely forgot to say when she poured her old flesh into the teenage clothes. I didn't see it. Was it really good? Is this a repeat? Or is this a new one? Oh, it's a new one. Oh, I missed it. Oh, I love it when they hate each other. I think that's even funnier. Really? Oh, are you sure we've not seen that? Because I'm sure that... Oh, right. It's a brand new one. How lovely. How lovely. 
I, I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy the concept of people sitting there. I still remember years ago when they did the first ones and it was that woman who was doing dessert in this kitchen, which, frankly, you'd have had condemned by the council. And I said, so, so what, what are you doing for dessert? She said, I'm doing ice cream and, and I'm going to put Maltesers around it. And that was her idea of an exotic dessert. Nowadays, people do, you know, flame-grilled bananas and exotic things and they've made a coolie and they put it into this. And she was doing Maltesers around a dollop of ice cream. I mean, the ha- you could smell the house from my television. It was that bad. It just looked... You know, you go into some people's house, you go, I don't think we'll be eating in here, thank you very much. And they go, I've just cooked this. And you go, do you know, I'll have that later. Thanks very much indeed. (laughs) Do you know when your career is at the permanent sea level in showbiz? When do you know, says Johnny. You get the call from the agent who says, sorry about this. Uh, You'll have to do, I'm a celeb, get me out of here. And you jump at it. And concerning part-time cabbie Mitch Winehouse, he's now become the ultimate showbiz parent, known through the problems of his overrated daughter and hard to shut up. Oh, and if it goes wrong with Frank Lampard, 125 grand a week, that's 125 grand a week, and Christine Hayer Brinkley, will he phone James O'Brien up for advice on what certain type of lady might find interesting in him? <laughs> Was he the one who phoned up before? Oh, how sweet. Frank Lampard and Christine Bleakley. Hayer! <laughs> God, couldn't make it up, could you? You couldn't make it up. Unless it's pictures of Steve Allen. Which, of course, eclipsed Frank Lampard at the moment, which is good news. Uh, Eva Mendes was out the other day promoting her new movie, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. And do you know what she forgot to do? Oh, she forgot to button her top up. So somebody standing sideways got a glimpse of her ample bosom. Cool, that was lucky, dear. And you thought you were going to get no publicity for the movie. Oh, God. How wrong were you? It's so easily done, isn't it? You go out there and you forget to do the button and, lo and behold, one just falls out onto the pavement in front of you. It's so embarrassing. It's happened to loads and loads of people. And, as I say, but, I mean, luckily you did it at the premiere of your movie. Because otherwise, we... Not, not when you're out shopping. Nothing worse is you're pushing the trolley and you've got the little baby seat at the front and you lean forward and it drops in and the baby seat falls forward and you're trapped. And you're doomed forever to go around the supermarket with one bosom stuck in the trolley. And you get to the checkout, and one of the young spotty boys has to go, I'll, I'll help you with that. And you go, if you touch it, you're going home in a wheelchair. OK? So that's it. So today, if you're going around the supermarket, just be warned. Just be warned. Oh, they've, oh by the way, there's a new drug which scientists have uh, said could herald a breakthrough to prevent hearing loss in old age. To prevent hearing loss in old age. Imagine, isn't that a brilliant idea? Because as you get a bit older... Sometimes it goes a little bit on one side. And Peter Stringfellow is deaf in one ear. So if ever you're sitting to one side and you're chatting, he can't hear you. So he'll go, yep, yep, yep. And you think, oh, that's good, we're having a conversation. He hasn't had a word you've said, not a word. And I quite like the idea that uh, that they're going to invent something, because that's the worst nightmare, isn't it? People having hearing aids. And years ago, they were very complicated. It was something that went in your ear with a wire that came down to a little box. Now, little tiny things that fit in there. But also, it's, it's a lot of people who don't actually uh, look after themselves. Apparently, and I've always done it, you're never supposed to use cotton buds in your ears, because a lot of people, they break and they have to go to hospital to get it. Well, I've always used cotton buds. I've, and people say, no, you should use a, a flannel or something like that. No, no, no. Always use cotton buds. I thought that's what they made them for. And apparently, they're not made for that. They're made for babies and stuff. Well, that's me then, isn't it? But to be honest with you, I've always used cotton buds. But now they tell me, don't ever use them. LBC. Uh, Phil, why are you hanging upside down drinking a coffee? 
Morning team, nice to be company. Welcome along to Tuesday morning. Thousands of you protesting as Simon Cowell saved Jedward. But to be honest with you, having watched Lucy performing, it was lacklustre. And no matter how much you like them or loathe them, and the fact that they've got no talent and they can't sing and they can't dance and they're a bit stupid and they're a bit thick, because yesterday, they, or so the other day, they were immensely thick. They didn't, didn't seem to understand anything. They're obviously just very childish 17-year-olds. And, you know, but at the end of the day, it's a competition. I mean, if it's, if it's a straightforward singing competition, quite clearly they should have been kicked out ages ago. If it's on entertainment value, because they're so stupid, well, I think the novelty value will worn off, wear off very quickly, uh, people are voting for them. And the people who are voting are the, all the kids who've got the phones. It's not going to be adults, is it? Lauren says, if you miss Come Dime With Me, you can watch it on Channel 4's website. Thank you. I, I will actually watch that. Patricia says, uh, did you see it on Sunday with the snake? God, no, definitely not. Not after I heard that, uh, that uh, Ken Livingstone's got snakes in his kitchen. Oh, dear. I mean, that just really... It's, I'm not very good with snakes at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Weave them all into the programme. Oh, Ben Elton's going. After 25 years of moaning about Britain, he's the enfant terrible... Because when, when he was a funny comedian, he was cutting edge and he was anti-Thatcher. Then when Labour came in, his act collapsed overnight, really. But he's going to move to Western Australia with his wife, the Australian saxophonist Sophie Gare, and their three children, who are called Bert, Lottie and Fred. So reasonably normal names for showbiz people nowadays. But he has dual British-Australian citizenship. He owns a two-storey heritage-listed house in Fremantle. He says, we've been living in Britain for the past five years. The kids go to local school, but now we're going to move over there. How nice. You know, if it works for some people. It's always, they have these programmes on the telly where they say, would you like to go and live over here? And then, of course, then they show them a film of all the family they've left behind. <laughs> and you always sort of go, oh, they're not going to stay there, are they? They're not going to stay there. And you think, no, they're not going to stay there at all. So they don't. And they come back to this country. Uh, a lot of people say, we, we know just how good Brussels sprouts are. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, John and Edward might not win, says George. I doubt people who vote for them this week. They will. It's the children voting. The children vote, and, and that's what it is. The, the 10 and the 11 and the 12-year-olds vote. Because they don't realise... To them, it's, it's just they're actually sending a, uh, just a normal, you know, a normal text. They don't think it's going to cost them any money, and it makes no difference. Does anybody know what happened to the Essex twins? says Paul, who dominated Paul O'Grady's show for about six seasons. They did everything from car driving to wrestling. Also, Big Rita did the TV reviews. How long to Mr Ray Conniff? Not long, not long. But the Essex twins... Yes, vaguely remember the Essex twins on Paul's show. I'm telling you, I'm bored with some of the people he uses on there. Especially that woman who pushes the trolley on the older woman on the Paul O'Grady show. She gets on my nerves. I don't know what she does on the show, but it's, I don't think you should use people who, who work traditionally on the, uh, the show... I think that they should just say because then they get an inflated ego, and then they then they behave a little bit like Mitch, Amy Winehouse's father, and start believing they've actually got a, some sort of personality. But if anyone knows what happens to the Essex twins, they weren't particularly good looking, were they? They just sort of turned up. And they did, you know. Paul likes this little coterie of people around him, and I think he likes uh, using them. A lot of people upset down under because uh, Britney Spears' Australian shows. Uh, they were claiming the other day, although Britney's people have said no, this is not true. That people were walking out. Uh, of the shows within a couple of songs and Britney's people have said this is just not true we haven't had any complaints at all the venue said they'd had no complaints what they were complaining about was that uh, her lip syncing so in other words she was lip syncing well this is quite normal I've said to you before you don't seriously think 
that half the people on The X Factor... You don't seriously believe that this week on The X Factor, when they sing the charity single, you don't think they're going to be singing it, do you? Please, God, you don't think that. No, they'll be miming it. You don't think some engineer has spent ages sweating away getting this thing to sound perfect, only to have two of the biggest idiots in living memory, Jedward, ruin it completely because they can't sing. So, in other words, they'll all be miming. Because there's 12 of them, and you can't get 12 people and try and mic them up and balance the sound, because they'll all be singing off-key. So, all the ones that you've kicked off so far will be back on X Factor this Saturday. I think it's Saturday, singing it. So, there you go. Uh, a lot of people saying uh, John and Edward might not win. I think I think it's a I think it's a possibility. I think it's a possibility. I know we might be getting a bit panicky over this, but I promise you, I think they're going to be there at the end. I think there's going to be John and Edward, and there'll be that ghastly Ollie, and uh, and he'll he'll probably win, and then he'll actually disappear. I'm afraid disappear. Ridiculous. But it's still front page of all the papers. It's unbelievable. It gets uh, uh, somebody says here. Uh, people don't talk about football results on a Tuesday. Doesn't get half as much of an audience, I'm afraid, football. Only a few people in the country go to football and watch it. This programme gets 15 million. Football will be kicking themselves. You know, if they actually manage to get an audience anywhere like that, but they don't. Jane Fonda says... I'm sure to read that, actually. Despite her metal hip, sex is great at 71. Unfortunately, she lives at 63. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's an old gag. It's an old one. It was, yes. Sex is great at 71. She's had a, a spinal surgery uh, and boasts an artificial knee and titanium hip. And she said her looks are partly down to having the best sex of her life. Well, there you go, then. That accounts for my looks. How cool. So, in other words, if somebody's very good looking, it's because they're, they're, they're getting lots of, um, of noughties. 71? I'm not really sure, actually, it's 71. I still want... I mean, I suppose you don't stop thinking about it, do you? I think about it. They said the other day, it was one of those great myths that men think about it all the time. They said they don't. They don't. I thought, yes, they do. Men think about it all the time. Women think about it all the time. It's just that men talk about it more. So everybody thinks about it, I think. I mean, I, I gave up thinking about it because it just depressed me and it reduced me to tears because most of it's done from memory now. So, to, But a lot of people are sort of saying... You know, you think about it, and if, if you talk about it, you're not doing it. So I never mention it. So much easier. Hardly ever. If you hear me sobbing quietly in the corner, you'll know that's, that's why I'm afraid. And mum's the final word. As uh, David Hay gets a ferocious left hook from his mother, why even the toughest men crumble in the face of maternal henpecking. And none more so than Barbara Lott and Ronnie Corbett in Sorry. Because you remember, she'd sit there, and he was sort of the child who, who wasn't allowed to grow up, even though he was an adult. And Barbara Lott said, you're going to eat that. You're going to eat that. And we'd all go, here we go. Open your mouth. There's a train. Choo, 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 choo. And you go, I'm not eating it. I'm not eating it. I was 36. 36 and we're doing this. You know, and you'd sit there and your mother said, there's people starving in Africa. And we all said the same thing. Well, put it in a jiffy bag and send it to them then, because I'm not eating it. And they said, come on, eat your sprouts. I don't like sprouts. Don't do sprouts. Eat them. Not doing sprouts. And eventually, you come to love sprouts. All the things that your parents told you about, now you're going, love that, love that. News headlines, Katie Radley. Thank you. The mayor says the recent rise in gun-related... Over in Oxford, they've come up with a brilliant uh, scheme. It'll never work in London. Uh, what they do now is, if you're seen by one of their wardens dropping rubbish, they fine you instantly. I came out of a a shop the other day, and the man had bought a packet of cigarettes before me. He looked reasonably. As he's crossing the road, he's taken the plastic wrapper off and just dropped it on the ground. You feel like saying, Oi! Stupid man! Come here! Pick it up! 
So stupid. Anyway, a student the other day, he dropped a, la- um, a match. Lit his cigarette, dropped the match, got fined 80 quid. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, an Oxford City Council spokesman said it was the first time somebody had been fined for dropping a match. But that's it. They handed out 11 notices on the first day. God, I tell you, I could walk up and down here easily. And you know what they're doing now? Even better. Even better. You know that what, what disappears most in London? Bicycles. And what the mayor and the police have come up with, and it's been operating for some time, and they've been terribly successful, is uh, bikes which are fitted with a tracking device hidden inside it. So hidden inside the frame is the tracking device. So when the bike gets stolen, which they do in London, I think one goes about every five minutes, um, because I often see bike frames there and the wheels have gone. And you think, is somebody walking around with two wheels under their arm or something? But anyway... And so what they do now is they wait till somebody pinches it, and then they track it, and then they go round, and then they arrest them, which is absolutely fantastic. So I think we should do that, you know, to all the people who go shoplifting. I think we should bring in, I think that's the only time I think Sharia law would work in this country, shoplifting. Lose your hands. We'd soon stop the shoplifting, wouldn't we? Unless you think you can pick it up with your feet. Because I'm watching the television this morning, and Sky have done a big thing, and the papers are picking up on the fact that more middle-class people are thieving. And they're thieving perfume iPods, designer clothes. I've seen families thieving before. I mean, it's sadly pathetic, and you do want to take them all out and shoot them, because that's somebody's living, that's somebody's livelihood that they're taking away. If, if, you're, if you're a small shopkeeper, and somebody comes in and tour, that's why they, 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 they put signs up. All the shops around our way, uh, to stop schoolchildren going, and they say, only two schoolchildren in the shop at any one time, because they thieve. They openly thieve. In fact, one of the shops, which is very near a school in Twickenham, has got such a bad problem, they station people near the door to make sure they don't thieve. Because, obviously, for some, some school children, same as their, their, their parents, it's quite normal to go out there and steal. I did ask Paul Cooper, who's got the fruit and veg stall a while ago, I said, you forget people pinch, because when you've got fruit and veg on the front, it would be easy for somebody to pick up something. He said, only once. Only once. He said, and somebody just said to me, he's just picked up an orange. He said, I followed them down, down to the river. He said, uh, he won't actually be stealing again from me. And you think to yourself, that's actually quite good. But what happens if you're a little shopkeeper and you're sitting there, as you get in some of these uh, shops now, and people come in and they just pick something up and walk out with it? You think you want to chase after them, but of course you can't, because the moment you chase after them, somebody else will move in and pick, pick more of your stuff up. So I quite like the idea that they're finding people for dropping matches in the street. I think that's, that's a very, very good idea. Seems a bit draconian, because round here, you see it all the time. People just, you know, food wrappers. Food wrappers. I mean, I mean, put it this way, if you can't even get people to put cups in the sink here, what amazes me is I come in in the morning, and I'm right, I'll moan this morning, and there's lots of people, I mean, there are about 600 people in this building, but for some inexplicable reason, people will have a cup of coffee, or no, a cup of, cup of tea, with the tea bag in it, some people can drink tea with the tea bag slopping around in there. And then they go and put the cup in the sink with the tea bag still in it, knowing that some other poor soul has got to clear it up. Why they can't just empty the tea bag into the rubbish bin, I've got no idea. It's like going out from home and leaving all the washing up in the sink and then leaving it and go, well, somebody else will do it. Who? Who? There's cups all over the place. All you've got to do, it's really complicated. You take it and you open the front of the dish. We've got a dishwasher and you put it in the dishwasher. How complicated is that? Drives me mad. Drives me mad. Uh, Talking of litter, says Kevin, why is it smokers open their windows, blow the soot out and then throw the cigarette ends out? I don't know. The the worst thing in London, and I only realised it about five, ten years ago, is all the chewing gum on the pavement. Because people just get... And they spit it out. So consequently, you've got all these little round bits of chewing gum. And the council spend 
hundreds and hundreds of thousands uh, of pounds doing it. Actually having to clear it all up. It's like graffiti. You know, the five-year-olds who go out and sort of attempt to write their name, their little moniker. You know, and they put it all the way. Rich, you go to Richmond Station, all the side of one wall. I mean, can we not have armed snipers out there to just take them out at night? It's so much easier. They're obviously doing it at night time, aren't they? It's fantastic. Uh, 84850, uk. Um, what's this one? Uh, oh, they're talking about painful knees. Phil, Phil Tufnell. Uh, he, he apparently had very painful knees, and then he had some surgery, which apparently cured it. I've never heard of painful knees before. I've never heard of that. Oh, right. You've got painful knees. Well, you can have surgery now. And apparently there's another thing. You can always spot anything in the Express today. They're saying that there's this new piece of equipment out, which Kate Moss uses and loves so much she's bought them for her friends, that apparently takes away the ageing process. What a load of old hooky, ladies and gentlemen. There is nothing that is going to halt the ageing process. She smokes. That's why she's got really bad skin. And she covers it up with makeup. They reckon this device... 200 quid if you're an idiot. Uh, she's, uh, she uses on her neck and everything else. Well, she's, I remember seeing pictures only a short while ago of how rough she looks without all the makeup on. So, you know, don't buy into all this rubbish. It's just somebody trying to sell a, uh, a little device which they claim will halt the ageing process. The only, th- the only reason that Jane Fonda looks that good is because she's had umpteen facelifts. It doesn't look that good because she's worked out, because you can't work your face out. Although I have seen people trying in the past. And people will... There was a little gadget that we talked about at LBC. And you put it in your mouth and it's like... It's a spring, sort of a spring. And you go like that. And apparently exercises the muscles in your face. Doesn't make you look any younger. Doesn't make you look any younger. There's nothing that's going to make you look younger. Unless, you know, you don't go in the sun. You don't have cosmetic surgery. And you don't smoke. Or you don't drink. Because they're all the things that, that age you. Really, really badly. 84850, uk. Weave them all in. Uh, I was surfing the channels the other night. I saw David Beckham being interviewed following an LA Galaxy football match. What does he look like? All these naff tattoos everywhere. And what's happened to his hair? I know, he's, he's obviously let himself go a little bit. I mean, at one time, he was very, very good looking. Not so much now. The tattoos are a little bit naff, I'm afraid. Some people like tattoos. I'm personally not a huge fan, mainly because somebody kept saying they're going to hurt. When you have them done, they hurt. And he's got so many done, he just looks a bit a bit trailer, I'm afraid. A bit trailer. Uh, look at the papers this morning with Nick Ferrari after the news at 7. Daniel Barnett. And uh, they're also going to be talking about should we be prosecuting more criminals rather than handing out fixed penalty notices? I don't think anybody ever pays these things, do they? They get a fixed penalty notice. They go, I'm not going to pay that. All these people who've been, who've been done for... Um, employer scandals and things like that. They haven't paid anything, apparently. But they will be talking about shoplifting, which has increased dramatically. Well, it always does, for the simple reason that it's coming up to Christmas and people thieve their, their presents. You see, I would love to have... I would love to have some sort of system that they, they go through the door, they haven't had it checked, and it goes beep, 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 and a, a trap door opens and they disappear into a shark-infested swamp, and then the trap just... Cl- normal people carry on doing the shopping. I think that, that, would, be, uh, that would be quite good. 84850, Steve at LBC. Uh, I almost got the lead, says Liz, in, uh, in Melody, with David Putnam directed. My hair was too short from having filmed Joe Egg and a wig looked wrong on a 12-year-old. But great load of auditions, and David Putnam loved me and my sister. But uh, we know people who were in it. 
which I think is, uh, is great. They're also going to be talking about, isn't it funny, all the things I've mentioned this morning, Nick's going to be talking about after seven, which is the £80 fine for dropping a match. Fair punishment. Labour Oxford City Councillor for Littlemore Ward, John Tanner, says, very fair. Totally agree. Totally agree. You've got to stop this. It's this culture. It's like somebody coming into your house and they just walk through and they just drop rubbish on the floor. As I said, or failing that, they, they drop a cigarette on, the, on your carpet and stub it out. Ridiculous. Uh, Ronan Keating's going to be a guest of Jenny Barnett at one thirty today. He's got a tour starting very shortly. And um, I think it's called Songs My Mother Loved or something, something like that. And then they're going to be appearing on X Factor in tribute to Stephen Gately. And then there'll be an album coming out in tribute to... Stephen Gately, and uh, and that'll be out, I think, before Christmas. It was going to be coming out Mother's Day, but I think it's going to be out before Christmas now. There's going to be so much stuff out before Christmas, you're all going to lose the will to live with the amount of albums, because you've got Subo's album to get through yet. It'll be all covers, of course. And I did mention earlier on that more and more of you are checking out the LBC website. We've got absolute record, record hits, and the, the record month, uh, the vintage LBC presenter photo gallery which was for LBC's birthday in October. There are, of course, particularly a number of photographs of my good self on there, looking particularly attractive. And uh, all came courtesy of Dawn. I think 90% of them came from Dawn. And there's uh, presenters past and present. Some, perhaps I should put a line underneath those who have passed on, I think, just so you could see. Because there's loads, loads of presenter pictures on, because people just wanted to know exactly what people looked like who used to work on LBC. And there's some very famous people on there, and some not-so-very-famous people on there. I'm one of the not-so-many-famous people on there. But it has got the record number of hits, th- those uh, pages, than anything else. So if you just go onto the LBC website, you can find it quite easily. And uh, now we're all waiting to see what the presenter photos look like. Can't wait for that one! going to be very interesting, because we've only seen the behind-the-scenes, as you know. So once we actually get round to the proper pictures, you can only hazard a guess, can't you, at, uh, at which pages you're going to be looking back. How, how slim have they made Steve Allen look? You know, how much, how much weight has James Max put on? How much makeup is James O'Brien wearing? I mean, all these big questions will not be answered. 84850, steve at Sing- Singapore band Chewing Gum, says Amit. No, that was years ago. That last 30 years. You've only just found out about it? Good heavens above. Blimey, you're a bit old-fashioned, aren't you? 30 years ago, they banned uh, Chewing Gum. And anybody who drops it, they have big, big fines. So, God, blimey, I, t- I can't believe you only just found out about that. Got to be the oldest news story ever going. LBC 97.3 certainly is even more of you listening to LBC 97.3, for which we are very, very grateful, so you're especially welcome. And especially as Katie Radley's first selection yesterday, romped home a winner... Did it? ...at two to one. Fantastic. Gave you four pounds, which means you do qualify for a Walker's Mince Pie <laughs> with whiskey. <laughs> Excellent. So, <laughs> which was good. That was Shark Man. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Reindeer Dippin' for Alex fell... Oh, dear. ...at the first fence, so he lost two pounds. So he's £26 and a penny, but you've reduced the uh, losses, <laughs> which... Uh, Chunk Schofield had taken to new heights, now to £65.66. Oh, that is good news. It is good news, but it's no good getting complacent, we've discovered. Because, okay. Because, you know, you go, oh, that's exciting, and then you, you let your guard drop. You see, Ma- Matthew started well. <laughs> Did he? And then all of a sudden, he just got lazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to pick on him because he's not here to defend himself. But uh, today we're looking for another winner from you. Uh, Alexander's gone for the two-tenant Exeter, the great Alfie, win only. The great Alfie in the two-tenant Exeter. Okay, I'm going to go for the three-tenant Exeter, Copper Bleu. Copper Bleu? Yes. How do you spell that? Is that B-L... Like French for blue, I guess. Oh, right. B-L-E-U. Right. It's not just my pronunciation. No, no, it's not. I wasn't sure it was one of those blue things. It could have been Bleu the group, I don't know. Right, so Copper 
bleu. Yes. Copper bleu. Lovely. And that's in the 310 at Exeter. It is, yes. Excellent. Well, fingers crossed. Yes, Double prayers absolutely. That you do qualify for a mince pie later on. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for that. OK, bye. Bye. That's Katie Raddick. So look at that first winner. First, mind you, we ha- as I say, we, let's not get too excited about this. We had it last time. Most stolen item? Razor blades. Most stolen item. Why? Because they're worth so much money. They cost peanuts to produce, but they sell them for about £11, £8 a packet. And, uh, and even Craig says that shoplifting has got so bad at my local gateway store that uh, Nescafe and Gillette razors were kept behind the cigarette counter with the booze. This love gateway store. How sweet up north, isn't it? It's a lovely place. I must go up north one time. I should go with security, of course. I don't think we'll actually be risking it any other way. Um, and I'll be telling you why you're living in the wrong area if you want to win the lottery. One of the, I did predict last week on this programme, I said, I bet you anything, one of the lottery winners comes from Wales. And I was absolutely right. Why? Because I'm in touch with the Tetley tea bags and uh, I read tea leaves and everything else and I get an inkling in the waters and it told me Wales and Wales was there again. And I'll tell you why the Golden Gwent Triangle is the place you need to either move to or buy your tickets from. Details in a moment. First of all, get your ice skates on. Because out there, I mean, if it's me, it's a straight line and then you have to turn corners and everything else. And we've got the programme starting very shortly, but Darren's back with uh, some ice skating recommendations. It's Christmas. Hooray! <laughs> Love Christmas. <laughs> Love Christmas. All the ice skating rinks are uh, beginning to arrive. There's more in London this year. Beginning to arrive? <laughs> well, it's, well, you know how they put them all together. They're yeah. Like, they're not, it's like a kit, isn't it? They yes. put them together and they... Skate around, and then after Christmas, they all go again. Yeah. More in London than ever before. There's one at Broadgate. Oh, that opened oh that's the Broadgate Shopping Centre, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's behind mm. Liverpool Street Station. Yeah, know it very well. And you can hire this one for an hour for yourself. And embarrass yourself totally. Exactly. What, you can have it for... How much does it cost? Do we know? £450 an hour. That seems quite reasonable. Well, I mean, so to be honest with you, if, if you're having a private party and there's, say, ten of you, £450 is actually very oh, no. cheap. It's, it's 45 quid each, or if there's 20, half that again. Wow. It's not bad at all, really, Yes, that's it? not bad. I think that's very good value. That's almost too cheap. I know. Very um, good value. Canary Wharf, they're having one as well in the middle of the uh, Canada Square Park. Oh, that's nice, yeah. Yeah. They've suddenly realised, you know, all these people, that it's very lucrative to put an ice rink in there because no matter how bad you are, and most of us yeah. sort of walk round the outside clinging onto the railing, you know, that's, that's the funny bit. Well, you, you clinging on, it would be very funny. I, I have, are I you have allowed come. to ice skate? Uh, probably not, no. No. <laughs> i tell you for why, because if I fall over and I cut myself, I bleed for the country. Yeah. It looks like I've hemorrhaged, so I, I very rarely go anywhere near things like that. I don't mind watching it. I watched it last year up at Hyde Park. But you can watch it at Hyde Park again this year. They're doing it again down yes. at the um, Winter Wonderland. Ooh, like also that. down your way, Hampton Court Palace is doing it as well from the 28th of November. It's always a good one. You get some very good people at Hampton Court. We're even doing it at Wembley Stadium. Are they? Yeah. They're very lucrative. We worked out, didn't we, how much the Winter yeah. Wonderland one must be grossing every hour. Well, this one's going to be 360 metres long. So it's for more than people who know what they're actually well, doing. About the size of my city, yeah. The Natural History Museum one has already opened, so you can skate around in front of uh, that beautiful building by Waterhouse. Oh, lovely. Yes, and um, where else should we say? Somerset House? That's which is the one. That's one. Since, that, they're the one that started it all, yes. if you remember. Um, that starts on the 17th of November. The Tower of London doing it They've as well. They've got one as well? They have. Oh. 
They'd be turning in their graves, the people there. Is it inside or outside? Outside. Outside, right. Yeah. You would have thought as well that uh, they could put one in Leicester Square. Well, no, they can't, because you've got the fountain in the middle of the square. Well, they could go round and round th- and round. Yes, you're actually, in theory, you could put it around there. They've covered it over every day as long as we've been here. Exactly. That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Ice skating could, just outside. You could have your producers meeting as you skate round and round yeah. and round. We could hold hands as we're skating yeah. round. She, she'd be yeah. sobbing uncontrollably, <laughs> and I'd be sort of going, come on, you can do it, as I go into another pirouette, drag her along, looking a bit like John Sargent. <laughs> picture of Nick Ferrari skating round and round and round. Yeah, I, I don't think Nick would be too good on skates. Or I mean, I might be doing the man a disservice, but I promise you, it doesn't sound to me like he's, or even look like he'd be light on his feet. Uh, so, so there's, they're the ones in London this year. Okay. And as you say, there's, there's one at Winter Wonderland, which is opening uh, that opens on the 21st of November. Excellent. Lovely. It so get earlier and earlier. Yeah, they do. Yeah, went to Wonderland opening that early this year. Well, I told you, the, the fish the fish shop in, in Twickenham's had their Christmas trees lit for the last week. Mm. You know, I mean, it's just a fraction early, even by our standards. You know how much I yeah. love the Christmas lights, but, I mean, beginning of November is a little bit stupid. It should be after. Yeah. It should be beginning of December or when the, when the town lights go on, because they look a little bit isolated, like they're a little bit remedial, I'm afraid. I'm going to put one in my living room as well. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you can only skate two <laughs> strokes, backwards and forwards. Yes, um, but at £25 a go, Bit I'll, expensive. Have my mortgage, I'll have paid my mortgage off by Christmas. <laughs> How lovely. <laughs> OK, we'll talk to you on Sunday. Looking forward to it already. There you go. Darren's got... Uh, uh, don't forget, Sunday we sort out all your computer problems, and by golly, you get some computer problems every week. Lee says, couldn't agree with you more on the tea bags and the cups in the washing-up bowl. We have sometimes in our office somebody's birthday, and each person brings in cream cakes, and they're kept in the fridge. When the last one is gone, the empty box is still in the fridge. Oh, that worse here is somebody will go out and buy some food and it'll be sort of smelly cheese or something horrible and they'll put it in the fridge and then they obviously forget about it. And then and you open up the fridge, you get, poor, what is, you feel like saying, who put this in here? Surely every time you open the fridge to get the milk out, you must have realised that your food is going rotten in here. Or they put something in the icebox. Oh, it's disgusting. How these people must live at home, I, one can only hazard a guess, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, here is the place you need to move to. Gwent. I predicted on this programme, and I was absolutely right, that the winner of the lottery, £45 million, would be somebody from Wales... And I was absolutely right. The Golden Gwent Triangle. Because they've had a number of winners there. You remember John Ackerman and John Skinchcombe near Newport. They scooped 11,544,000. Cinema supervisor Jenny Southall scooped 8.4 million, all within the Newport area. Retired factory worker Gareth Cooper won 2,470,000. Susan Wall, near Newport, picked up 2,443,000. Joanne Gilbert won 1.1 million. And the supermarket shelf stacker Celestina Settelund of Newport won 1,173,000. So the place to go to is quite clearly Welsh Wales. Move into the Golden Gwent Triangle, and there's a very good chance that you could be going, we've got a bit of money. Because this 45 minute, uh, forty-five million for the, this couple is the biggest on record. And it now means that they're richer than the Beckhams, they're richer than Jordan, thank goodness. In fact, they're richer than most people. The advice from the papers was, get the heck out as quick as possible, because you're going to be the target for a lot of people who are going to write horrible things, and they're going to be bitter and jealous, 
And, uh, you know, you, you don't need evidence from me. You only have to look through the papers to see that people who won before, sometimes it brings them nothing but misery. And they said, even the newspapers were saying, listen, get out of the country. Don't go for publicity. But sadly, at lunchtime, they will be. You can understand a syndicate, because you can lose a syndicate. A couple, a bit more difficult. And what they've got is liquid cash. They've got £45 million. Tons more than the Beckhams. Tons more than Jordan. Tons more than Jamie Oliver. Tons more than Rick Stein. Tons more than, well, just tons more than everybody. Because they've got cash. Everybody else is all tied up in investments and stuff like that. So they should have got out of the country. So we'll wait and see who they are. They'll be wearing new clothes. That's a fact. Because people do. Um, it's quite a good idea, actually, though. Because you, you do it and it's going to change your life. And I hope it changes their life. I hope they're, they're young enough to enjoy it. The syndicate have started telling people who they are already, which I think is actually uh, very good news. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Graham says, what's your take on the Gordon Brown letter? He wrote a letter. He made a mistake over a surname. Uh, and for that, he's been pilloried. He wrote a letter. He's the Prime Minister, and he took time out. All right, so he got the surname wrong. But, I mean, come on, hands up who hasn't made mistakes with uh, with writing letters before. I think the way he's been dragged through the papers is, is just a bit sad and, uh, and pathetic, I'm afraid. No news yet on Jack Tweed. I've got nothing on that at all. I think the, the case comes up very shortly, but nothing in the, uh, nothing in the papers at all, except all the fans slamming the fix factor, which it wasn't. It's Simon's programme. He's already explained that he can go to the public vote when he wants to, and he did. The fact that they actually get all the coverage anyway is neither here nor there. They messed about and became stupid, or even more stupid. Lucy didn't sing very well. She was okay, but she's not a great singer. And to be honest with you, cute, average singer, not going to make it in the charts. And I rest my case. This is LBC 96. Steve Allen. 10 to 7, run, 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 get the train. I always get off the train at Twickenham, and the, and the train's pulled in, and there's people running over the bridge, and you think, why didn't you leave home earlier? Why are you wasting everybody's time? They go, quick, I've got to get to the ticket. Oh, it's Monday morning. And there's a queue a mile long for the ticket machine. I speak, get there earlier. Look, I left it to the last minute. Why? When I was doing my hair. Said, well, don't worry about it. Nobody's going to look at you. Just, just get there earlier, buy the ticket. Ridiculous. Always Monday morning, always the same. And the people run, stop, hold the train, hold the train. If I was the guard, I'd be going, oh, can't, sorry, bing, bing. Oh, look, we've closed the doors. What a shame. And you always get somebody who's standing up, don't you, in the train coming into London, and they're the only ones with a cup of coffee. And as the train lurches, you think that you're going to drop that down, me. I can tell. Fancy seeing the best films first, and for free. You can with the LBC 97.3 Film Club in association with Cineworld Cinemas. This month's must-see movie is A Serious Man. It's in cinemas from Friday the 20th of November. And it's the latest comedy by the Academy Award-winning filmmakers, the Coen Brothers, the acclaimed makers of Fargo and No Country for Old Men. Doesn't cost a penny to join. You could be going every month to see the best new movies in town before everybody else gets to see them. Free. Simply log on to lbc.co.uk. Join the LBC Listener Club. Simple as that. Once you're a member, you click to request your ticket. Free. The LBC 97.3 Film Club in association... In association, sorry, messed my words up there. With Cineworld Cinemas. Free. It's called it's free. Listen, if it's free, go for it. Absolutely go for it. It's, it's the best thing that you can do. Uh, Anna says, I use a wheelchair. I always take my rubbish home with me. You see, that's what the thing that annoys me. People cannot take rubbish home. People just think, oh, somebody else will clear it up. So they leave it. It's, it's just appalling, the amount of rubbish that you get everywhere now. And we just, we just seem to sort of... Say, oh, well, that's all right. Somebody else will sweep it up. 
Ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at Apparently, top marks for school dinner. What is the most popular school dinner now? Top marks is uh, the Sunday roast. That's what kids want for school dinner. Not for them, fruity chicken curry, vegetable moussaka and chicken and vegetable stir-fry. They don't want it. It's rubbish. It's rubbish food. They want good, wholesome roast meal. Second favourite for school kids, sausage and mash with onion gravy. Yum, yum, yum. Followed by, strangely enough, lasagna with garlic bread and cottage pie. Yum, yum. Could eat that now, couldn't we? Cottage pie now. How delicious. I don't see any reason why you shouldn't have to eat these things. <laughs> you know, why do you have to have cottage pie at lunchtime or evening meal? Why can't you have it for breakfast? Stella could start a new new revolution down in Twickenham at the Riverside Cafe. Um, Steve, uh, I love your show. It cheers me up. Just to say, tracks on Susan Boyle's CD already on the internet somewhere includes Amazing Grace and Moon River. God, how dull. Moon River. Oh, it's going to be awful, isn't it? I can't think of anything worse. Because she hasn't got the voice to sing Moon River. Moon River was supposed to be... Moon River. Wide. It was, it was Audrey, wasn't it, in the film? Breakfast at Tiff's. You know... Well, she didn't say... I know it was sung by, I think, Marnie Nixon, probably again, or something like that. But to be honest with you, I don't want to hear Susan Boyle singing that. Massacring an amazing grace. Oh, who's going to be buying this album? Dreadful. Uh, Dave, thank you for that one. Yes, I have seen... Do you know, I've just been sent to Hawkins Bazaar catalogue. Very good it is, too. Uh, I saw Leona Lewis as Margie on Paul O'Grady selling her new album. Do you know, the new single... I listened to the new single by Leona Lewis, and it's OK, but all it is is an overproduced big epic, but nothing... Nothing that you're going to go crackers for, I'm afraid. Uh, Jedward are surely on the wrong Simon Cowell show. They should have been Britain on Britain's Got Talent. Well, if they had have been, they'd have been kicked off straight away for just being a bit simple. Because all they do is just jump around. I mean, it's good, but they're spending a lot of time in makeup. Okay? Not very healthy for 17 year olds, is it? Uh, Stephen Harlington says Do Sandys ever take the trees down? Yeah, they took them down for about a week and then they put them back up again. All balmy bonkers, I'm afraid. Fordham and Mason's, the Christmas window display is about ballet. With uh, Swan Lake, lots of swans, including male ones, as in Matthew Bourne's renditioning and a blonde Diana-like figure in the Royal Box. Lovely. Very nice. Actually, I quite like uh, Fortnum and Masons. And their, their window displays are actually normally quite nice. I like anybody's window displays. When we were young, we used to come up to London to go up and down Oxford Street looking at all the Christmas windows. And if they had an animated, a moving display, it was even better. It was absolutely fantastic. Alex says, with a great song, Steve, don't you think anybody can have a hit record? Absolutely. Absolutely anybody. You could take anybody out of this building. Any, and I mean anybody. Whether they're tone deaf, flat, you know, can't, it doesn't make any difference. Stick them in a studio with auto-tune, anybody can sing. Anybody can sing. Uh, another one here. Uh, another one here. Uh, I so agree about Gordon Brown and the letter. You never would have offended that mother deliberately. Of course not. Of course not, Erica. You wouldn't. It's just some people like to jump on the bandwagon, don't they? Um, Trish says, we used to eat meat for breakfast. It was a cereal company that persuaded us to eat their products. You used to eat meat for breakfast? Actually, I've had curry for breakfast. I think curry for breakfast is really quite nice. Curry over mashed potato. But for some reason... Yeah, it is. It's delicious. It is absolutely delicious. You have curry... I mean, obviously, she's vegetarian, so she doesn't do anything like that. But, I mean, chicken chicken tikka... Yeah, mashed potato for breakfast. Chicken tikka masala over mashed potato. It's just absolutely wonderful. It's great. As the executive producer of X Factor, Simon Cowell says Ian would have known what the public vote was as soon as the lines closed. Well, actually, he doesn't have to, he doesn't need to know that because the vote throughout the entire week, they've garnered the more votes. 
So, and he wouldn't have the figures until after the programme anyway, because it takes that long to, uh, to collate them. That's why it makes me laugh on, on Camelot and the lottery. They know within seconds of that draw being announced, they know there are two, two winners. One is, uh, well, they wouldn't have known it was a syndicate, but they would have known that there was one, one couple from Newport and Gwent who would have won the lottery. They know that because the computer throws it up straight away. They just need to see the ticket to verify it. So, poor old Lucy, out of the X Factor, but you'll see her this week because she's going to be singing that charity single. They'll all be miming. Nobody will be singing live. That uh, they, don't, uh, they, don't, they don't bother with things like that at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Actually, was another story uh, that I've uh, found here. Oh, somebody else telling me about Garson's Farm Shop. And uh, that's Garson's themselves, actually. And the mince pies to die for. Well, they, these are walkers, which are made in Scotland. From Iron Girders, I shouldn't wonder. But they are quite nice. Oh, look, Natasha Kaplinsky out on the town again. She does just read autocue, doesn't she? I'm not actually aware of her doing anything else at all. Uh, other stories very quick. Oh, there's this gadget which keeps supermodel Kate wrinkle-free. It doesn't, I'm afraid. That's just another pile of old rubbish to get you to part with. £200. £200. And are you polluted by electricity? Why is the Daily Express turned into this, this balmy newspaper full of quack medicines and all sorts of strange things, just designed... It's a bit like OK magazine, isn't it? Just designed to part you from the, uh, the money which you have at the moment. Um, right, listen, we're just about... Oh, God, we've got to go very quickly. Um, eight BT workers, husband and wife from Newport, Simon Cowell, front page of the papers, huge public backlash, 3,000. I predict by tomorrow, 8,000. Because people will jump on a bandwagon and say, oh, I'm going to complain as well. Robin Gibb was rushed to hospital the other day uh, after suffering an, uh, an allergic reaction to his medication, so we wish him well. And the Daily Mirror have had to apologise to Cristiano Ronaldo for saying that he went out on a bender, whereas, in fact, anybody who knows him will tell you he's teetotal. He doesn't drink at all, so they've paid substantial libel damages. Uh, also at the paper today, it's the, uh, the wall coming down, but with Nick Ferrari this morning, they're going to be talking about the £80 fine for dropping the match, and they're going to be talking about shoplifting on the increase. On the increase. Middle-class people. What did we have for dinner yesterday, says Samantha, in a Greenwich school? We had sausage and mash... Onion gravy, an apple and sultana crumble. Yum, yum, yum. You've made me very hungry. I think I should go and have some scrambled eggs and toast. Listen, uh, check out the podcast, lbc.co.uk, and all the wonderful photographs on the website. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Nick's with you next after the news on LBC. Hello. Hi, Mum, it's me. Oh, hello, darling. How 